Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. Also, the poem you want to write, uh, I should mention for today's guest. Uh, Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. Check it out. Lots of good articles. I write my column there three times a week, all my little conversations with various authors of different stripes. Check it out at authormagazine.org. And we're funded by the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, PNWA. They've been uh, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. They have a great writers conference that I go to every year and I teach there here in the Pacific Northwest up here in the Seattle area and doing it again, doing it again. I'll be doing a class in, in uh, everybody has what it takes debunking the talent myth. Yes. I'll be teaching a class in that uh, as well as some other things, lots of great uh, master classes, agents, editors, Ooh-wee. lots of good stuff. Check it out pnwa.org. You can learn about it. Uh, speaking of classes, I think the last time I, uh, last time I, last show I mentioned uh, my, uh, my, I'm a, I was doing an online, that's right, a fearless writing online workshop. Well, that filled up. It did. It's closed. Can't, but you know what? People seem so interested. I did another one. I scheduled another one. That one was July 27th. That's booked. But I've got another one now, uh, August 17th. August 17th, 10 to 2 Pacific time, 1 to 3 Eastern time, or wherever you are in the world. It doesn't matter. It's going to be online, live. If you have a webcam, you can see me. We can talk to each other, you and all the other students. Fearless writing. Deal with writer's block. Finding time to write. Not caring what other people think of your stuff. That's right. If you like the book, if you like this podcast, Consider the con- consider the workshop. It's only fifty bucks. It's pretty good. Uh, you can find it at my website, williamcanal.com. That's where you can sign up for it. Check it out. Fearless writing workshop. It's good stuff. All right. Well, I'm so glad to have this guest back on the show. Melissa Stuttered had her once a while ago. So I'm sure, a lot has happened in that between uh, between now and then and now. Melissa is the author of four books, including the poetry collection, I Ate the Cosmos for Breakfast, and the young adult novel, Six Weeks to Yahida. Her short works, her short writing have appeared in a wide variety of journals, magazines, blogs, and anthologies, such as the New York Times, Poetry, Psychology Today, The Guardian, Ohio, New Ohio Review, Harvard Review, Bettering American Poetry and Poets and Writers. And her awards include the Forward National Literature Award, the International Book Award, the CAFAC Literary Award, the Poesis Award of Honor International, the Reader's Favorite Award, and two, count them, two Pinnacle Book Achievement Awards. She's with us today. Melissa, welcome to the show. Hi, Bill. It's great to be talking to you. Oh, it's good to have you back. We were musing. Well, it's good. It's good. You know, actually, I want to start off with this. I, I, I enjoyed Ate the Cosmos for Breakfast, which I think, uh, Melissa, I think you maybe had just published when I had you on the show. Do you think that's possible? It was a few years ago. I think so. It came out in 2014. Right. Okay. So that makes sense. So, that's just about yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Cause I think I got it just when it came out and I did like that very much, but I have to say, oh, also, thank you. I did. And Melissa, I, sometimes I'll be scrolling through Twitter <laughs> because I do that. And you'll have posted a <laughs> poem and I always enjoy your poetry when you, 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 you grace us on the Twitter sphere. You bring a little, it's quite nice. I got to say, it's rare that I get drawn into poetry on Twitter, but for yours, I always stop and read it and I always love it. So thank you for doing that. Uh, wow. That means a lot to me. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. I, you know, poetry, uh, you, it, I think of you as a poet, but I know you've written a bunch of different things. Do you, do you not care what hat you wear? Or do you in your heart think I'm sort of a poet first and I, but I branch out into other things. How do you see yourself as a writer? That's actually a really good question, and I, I guess right now or lately um, for the past few years, at least since I Ate the Cosmos for Breakfast came out, I've been primarily writing poetry, um, and I think, I haven't really thought about it a lot, but I think it's partially a time thing just because I'm so busy with teaching and being a single mom and all the other things that I'm doing that right. I don't really have the sustained time to just sit down and write a novel right now. Um, right. But I think I do, in my heart, I feel closer to poetry. I feel more drawn towards it. Um, I like the attention to um, the smaller units of meaning and the lines and the um, lyricism of the language. And I know that a lot of these things exist within fiction as well but um but I, I really really like the compactness of poetry and yeah. um searching for multiple meanings with a you know a single phrase and that kind of thing it, it definitely appeals to me um but i do yeah. like fiction and and longer projects too and i i think that within the next few years i'll probably be writing some more fiction as well and now when you say that do you, do you think you'll be writing fiction because you feel bubbling within you ideas that are sort of nibbling at your conscience, or you just think that's something I'd like to do in sort of the abstract? Oh, no. I am constantly – I have napkins, scraps of paper, oh. voice memos, memos, emails, text messages <laughs> to myself. I mean, you know, multiple files. I'm just oh. – yeah, I have all these ideas and, and just not enough time to, to get to all of them. So I think actually it's kind of funny. I, I wonder sometimes uh, – maybe you can tell me about yours too, Bill, but I wonder what other people's um, computers look like in terms of docs because I'll have oh. a doc going – I find that I'm writing like 16 different poems in it. So then I try to break that into 16 files and then each right. of those 16 files have like four <laughs> different poems going in them. And I, yeah. I, need to, I don't know, keep reproducing or something. <laughs> yeah, I have to, I have, mine is filled with, I have all these different little filings. I have, I write so many short things for author and for myself that I've just got thousands of these little essays that I have to, I store away. If I just had them all scattered, it would be, Chaos, I tell you. Oh, I, I have love to write those these. Essays. I finally have learned to keep a pad of paper by my desk because I get an idea for my one of my little essays, and I'll just write like that time you listened to Beethoven, and I'll write that down, and I kind of know what that means. <laughs> but I have to remember because I'll get a really good idea, and then it's gone. You know, so it's good for me. Well, maybe you like can this. teach us all how to be more organized. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> most of the organization happens like oh, so for instance, <laughs> excuse me, when you wrote fiction, longer form, did you? I'm going to guess no. I don't know. I'm having trouble reading you. I'm trying to guess whether you, you, you outlined or not. I'm guessing you did a little bit of outlining. Is that, is that right? 
No, and I'm trying to remember the the terms that that I heard on this. I think it's a, a pantser or a planner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you heard mm-hmm. that? Oh yeah, so pantser is the kind of like flying by the seats of your seat yeah. of your pants. I I'm a I'm a pantser, or at least oh, I you have are. been. Right, I, you are. I, yeah, I've started trying to plan a little bit now, but with the novel, the novel's actually more episodic. So I had the freedom from chapter to chapter to create a new adventure, um, and that was kind of the only way I could do a first novel because that's that's the way my mind works. It works sort of in multiplicity and I have to have uh, multiple strains of thought and things going on at the same time. Or, um, I mean, right now, I don't want to say that something will be some way forever, but right now that's how my mind works and how it has for a while. So um, I'm not just going to sit and laser focus on something most likely. No, you bounce from project to project. Absolutely. And in fact, it, it really helps me because if I, I like to work on multiple projects at a time because I feel like if I'm working on one project and I get stuck, then I can always go and work on the other project. Whereas I think when I was a younger writer and I would be like, I'm going to work on just this one short story until it's done. Um, right. It would take me longer to write that one short story than it would now take me to write like three or four short stories because I can just you, you know, there's always something to work yeah. on. I can bounce around, and um, so it helps me oh, a lot. Interesting. Interesting. And so um, I know other people who work that way, uh, and so you, and this way you all because this way you're, the, the the creative engine is always turning. Whether right. whether you're that's good. That's good. And so when you're doing um, poetry, so like my. I don't like to even use the word blog. Technically, that's what they are, I guess. But I look at them as little essays. Uh, I think I read from my little collection when you and I were at that reading for the AWP. And I looked and it's called Write Within Yourself. It's a little collection of these essays. And I think of that as a poetry collection because each little essay feels like a poem to me. That's how it feels to me. And so uh, I know what I would call it. What's that? I, I would call it a lyric. I would call it a lyric essay, you know, because yeah. it, it's lyric, like a poem. But yeah. um, I don't know, or it is a poem. I well, don't know. but they're it's beautiful. Not a poem. I know that. It's, it's not really a poem. It is a lyric essay. But I, um, but the way I, when I think of it, it's like a. It, I, I imagine it the same way I imagine a collection of poems, which is you can open to any page and have an experience. You don't need to go, you know, necessarily from beginning to end. But. Um, when I know what I need to start something, you know, these little things, what, when you're starting a poem, where do you usually begin? What is the, what, because even this poem can have a narrative aspect to it. What usually starts you off? Yeah, that's actually a really good question because a lot of poets are, um, you know, the thing that, that actually is the instigating factor for one poet is, different than it is for yeah. another poet and you're right for some people it's a, a narrative thing or you know a um what am i trying to say like a lot of poets have like a theme that they want to write about or an important right. topic or issue and sometimes that'll happen with me but for the most part the thing that that gets me going is either a phrase um that will pop into my head that seems weird or interesting uh-huh. Or an image, an image or a metaphor. Those are kind of the three things. Um, so, and a lot of times, interestingly enough, it's something that I mishear or misread. <laughs> like I'll somebody said something, and it, it sounds really weird and interesting to me. And then I realize right. that they actually said something else. And then I'm like, wow, that other thing was actually more interesting. I think I will use that to, oh. 
jumpstart right. a poem. And yeah. Maybe that's your see. Maybe you don't really miss here. Maybe that's your little <laughs> subconscious guided system saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna help Melissa out, and I'm gonna do that." You know how it is when you, when you have you ever? I'm sure you had the experience of you, you've been singing a song wrong for like 20 years, like you have some kind of line off because you hear it one oh, way. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So maybe, maybe it's doing that to you on a on a grand scale to get you sorry. And so I would imagine so well, you, I think you, that's actually a brilliant uh, assessment of that. Actually. I like that because I think our I, subconscious minds do actually do these things. I believe the subconscious wants you to succeed and it's going to help you find the path of least resistance. And so if mishearing things is how it does it for you, that's the way it gets it done for you. Right. I do think it works. Yeah. Um, yeah. so this, here's an interesting thing I find. So like when I write these little essays, I have a vague idea of what I want to do. And, but then I always say, shut up, Bill, let's see what actually wants to happen. You know, and I go along and I usually something happens in the first paragraph that tells me what's actually going to happen. And I say, I need to explore that. And so you get an image, you get an idea, you get a phrase and is the poem an exploration of what, of like, okay, let's dig into that and open it up and see where it goes, see why I'm drawn to it, see what's actually there. Is that how you see the poem? Once you um, have the little starting yes, place? That, that's sort of the starting point, but I would say there are actual multiple points of opening. So um, what you're saying is exactly correct for the initial process, but that process will repeat itself over and over throughout I a see. single poem. So yeah. I may like have that, I open it up, and then I get maybe four lines down, and then there's something there that needs to be opened up. So I'll, yep. I'll, like I go back and forth between the computer and handwriting. So like if I get to, like say, the third or fourth line, and there's something there that feels a little stagnant or um, that alternatively feels very rich that I need to explore, I'll literally get out notebook paper or computer paper and just write by hand, like free write on it. And I may even ask myself questions like, what does it mean that this looks like this or whatever? And I'll just write like that for a while. And then I go back to the poem and I've got the next line and I'm constantly um, just going back and forth like that because I feel sometimes if I just try to sit down and write a poem, um, you know, just like this formal thing. I'm going to sit at my computer and look at the screen and within two hours or whatever, I'll have the first draft of a poem. That doesn't work for me. It's intimidating. So um, it is an exploration and I go back and forth with the paper. And when I'm writing on the paper, I feel like, oh, I can just throw this away at any point. So it feels, I mean, it's almost like scratch paper in math. You know, you're working the problem um, on the test and then on the other. Yeah. Sheet, yeah. 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 Solving. And whatever, fascinating. So. You ever had, I have this thing where I'll be writing along. I talk to my students about this, where I, I'll write something in the, I, I'm like, okay, I think I know where this little piece is going. And, uh, but then some line comes early on that doesn't seem to be a part of it, but I sense like, all right, that I, I don't understand why that's a part of it, but I think it is a part of it. And so I'm going to go wait mm-hmm. and find out. And every time, that thing that seemed out of sorts with what I started is the thing that it's actually about. At, even in like a 400-word <laughs> piece or is the key to it. But I, I've learned to like, it, to, unlike, and, and I'm wondering if you go through this with poems, because I can be writing something short and then an, an idea comes along and I say to myself, you know what, that's a different story. That's a different essay. Mm-hmm. That's a different idea. Yeah. Don't follow that road. This is about something, this is not a part of this. You have to learn to differentiate between those two things. You know what I mean? Between the thing that seems 
out of sorts, but is a part of it, and the thing that is something else entirely. Did you follow any absolutely. of that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I think the the two sort of saying two different things, but they're really, really inextricably linked because um, at the base of it all, or the heart of what you're saying, is fluidity to stay fluid. You 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 yeah. can't just uh, think that like okay, this piece has to be this, and then if this pops in, you know, if something pops in that is at the heart of the piece and the other stuff falls away and you have to restart with that line, then that's what you do. And what I often do is the stuff that falls away. I have a file that I call, um, what do I I call that file? Um, Like reusable lines or just something Uh silly like that. And sometimes when I get stuck in a poem, I'll open up this file of lines that I took out of other poems, and one of those will plop perfectly. Really? Okay. Wait a minute. So this is hilarious because I know a lot of writers, especially novelists, who like, they're kind of like hoarders in a way. So they, you know, they trim and trim and trim, but they're like, I'm not going to throw this away. I'm going to create this file. (laughs) So they, they take and they paste, and I did that for years. And of course, they never, ever even read all that stuff that they cut and pasted because they couldn't bear to throw it away. But you <laughs> actually, so you're funny. like, you're, 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 you recycle. Well, not recycle. That's not quite the right word, but you're, you're not wasting anything. It's like a compost. Oh no, that's true. That's, that's actually, no, I love what you're saying and I wish it were totally true. I do waste a lot. I mean, not waste, but I'm, right, but never I'm totally okay with like, I will let go of my darlings. I'll kill my darlings. I'll yeah, write yeah. something that I think <laughs> is really like interesting and just um, but I do try to save as much as I can. And right. I, it's, I don't know. I don't know how to exactly explain it except to say that, um, you know, I feel like – let me see how to, how to say this. I feel like there are certain things that just uh, resonate with me in a certain way that I feel like I need to save them. And I know I'm not being right. clear here because it's not no, 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 I know. Well, I quality? Know you, uh, yeah. You do? Okay. Oh, yeah, Will you yeah. Explain it to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you feel like it's something that is, that is it's sort of like the bell rings true in you. And you think that line feels like a part of what, of what I'm in general trying to explore in my life and in my creative life. That's beautiful. But it just doesn't belong Thank here. You. But it's a, right, but it's a part. Yeah. Because you know, I know it's true for me. I mean, you know, you, you write... I, Again, I, I liken myself to a poet because I can produce a lot of stuff because my stuff is so short by and large. So uh, I and so I just explore the same things again and again and again. But what I find is the more I explore them, the more there is to explore, the more there is to explore, the more there is to explore. And I assume that for you, there must. Well, I, now, for instance, you've got what three books you're working on, poetry collections you're working on right now, right? I think we I, I do. That's correct. <laughs> And so my question is, why not just one big one? Why three different ones? Well, it wasn't intentional that I would be working on three at the same time. I thought that I had one manuscript. And uh, when I really started examining it, I realized that I had, it, it's kind of like what you were talking about with the two different things in the one poem, only it's uh, with a manuscript instead of uh, um, a poem. And it's three things instead of two. So I realized I've got three fundamentally different things going on here, and um, it's, it'll take to have my next collection because I won't just be putting all of these things together in one book, but right. I'll have three collections that feel cohesive in a certain way. 
And um, so one is I realized that I was writing a lot of poems about the environment and nature and that kind of thing. I was also writing a lot of poems about um, relationships and family and that sort of thing. And those two things could have blended together, but they weren't quite blended. And then I had another set of poems that were um, more based in mythology, and that is turning into a book that is really, really specific. Um, and it's about uh, they're poems that are told primarily from the viewpoint of the mythological character Philomela's severed tongue. <laughs> oh wow! All right. <laughs> like, so, like the tongue is the speaker, or you know, the main character in the poems. <laughs> wow, very cool. Okay, so you've got you got your you got your one. You got your relationship one, you got your myth one, um, mm-hmm. and and so and so and each one and you're gonna and and you feel there's there's a book's worth of poems for each of these themes. Yeah, I mean very much so because I I already have enough pages for each of them to almost put out a book. Um, the the one that I have the the fewest pages. Uh, environmental poem book right. and that one I mean that I still have enough to make that into a chat book so if right. I want to so, now, yeah, but I'm you, just, said, you know I want to get it clean before I, I send it anywhere so sure and and you said you're single mom uh h- how old is your is your kid <laughs> you're gonna uh, laugh curiosity. when I tell you I'm all like oh I'm a single mom she's uh, actually 21 however oh. Oh, geez, I was picturing yes. like a 10-year-old running around. College. Okay. Well, she's going to college in the city that we live in, so she lives at home. So. Okay. Um, I still have a lot of parental responsibilities, although oh, she's, okay. she's wonderful and mature and independent. So. <laughs> All right. And so, okay, so she's 21. Oh, boy, so I got a 20-year-old and a 24-year-old. And so, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so I know about that time. It's sort of right where I am. And so that uh, – when – do you feel like uh, how much do you feel like with parenthood that that because for some people it doesn't uh, but influence your creativity maybe you can't maybe it's impossible to extricate it how do you Um, feel about that well my kid is uh, a creative writing major at the University of Ah! Houston and also on the an editor on the literary magazine and very active in uh, so actually, it, it influences me in a lot of ways. We have an amazing time together talking about literary things we're writing, going to readings together, um, and oh, wow. it's a constant source of inspiration for me. Wow! All right, that's interesting. And so she, and so you didn't. So she, do you think? She, do you feel like this was really her choice, or she just wanted to be like mom? How, how do you, how no, do you feel about that? It was so that? much her choice. I can't. All I think right. it's in her genes or something because right. when she was, I'd say, two or three years old, before she could have even really known that I was a writer, when she and they'd have show and tell or something, and the other kids would, you know, bring their Barbie and their truck and sure. whatever. Uh, Rosalind would um, ask me to sit down and write down a book that she would dictate to me. And then we would photocopy it and she would give the original to the teacher and the rest the photocopies would go to the classmates. And that was her show and tell. And I mean, it's just wow. in her blood. She's All always right. been that. Yeah. All right. So she just came in ready to do it. Oh, that's nice. Well, that's great. You guys can she, have that. She, she popped out holding a pen. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, so, yeah, uh, pretty so, much. 
so you said you're busy with the books that you're with you're helping her out and and you're teaching do you teach at in a university or do you do workshops like how where do you teach well, a lot of different places, actually. My main job um, is at a community college. It's called uh-huh. Lone Star, uh, the Lone Star System. It's in Texas. And, um, and yes, I do workshops and all kinds of other things. But, um, but the main thing is, is the community college. That's where most of my time goes. <laughs> and do you, do, yeah. do you teach poetry there it's or like composition? What are you doing there? Both. 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 Yeah. yeah. Do you like it? I do. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Um, you know, getting to talk to people about writing and and literature and have that be your life. But you know? here's the thing I I wonder about when you teach at the college level. Uh which is that, well, I should say this. I was once asked to go teach a creative writing class in a high school. Just come in just for like uh-huh. two like for like not a whole class, but just one day. Come in and teach these two. I was like, "Okay, fine." This was like AP creative writing or whatever in this kind of high-end public high school here in Seattle. And I went in and I, ha- I hated it. I hated it because I'm used to teaching workshops where everybody's put down, you know, 200 bucks or something, and they really want to be there to learn what I'm going to teach. And these kids, you know, they were in high school and it was like, you know, they'd rather be tweeting. They, even though they're taking it as, as a, uh, it's an elective, they're still not really as attuned as adults are. And so I would think... Mm-hmm that you would be running up against some of that in community college because not everybody taking your class wants to be a writer. Some of them just need to learn it and that sort of thing. So it's a different relationship to writing. How is that for you? Or maybe you don't go well, into that. I don't you know. know. It's actually a good point. And I would say in my creative writing classes, um, something's happened at, in, in Texas recently to where the creative writing classes are no longer part of a, a core block that transfers from the community college into the university. I love teaching myself. Uh, I didn't know I would love it when, uh, in fact, I swore I would never teach writing. I thought it couldn't be done. Uh, I was, I didn't want to do it, but then sort of one thing led to another and I found myself teaching it. I'll tell you what I really wanted to do is I wanted to teach people about life, you know, sort of how to be happy, how to be creative, how to create their lives sort of deliberately. But I learned that uh, by teaching writing, I could, uh, I could sort of do the same thing as I could. And so I've come to quite enjoy it, uh, teaching, which is why I'm teaching that fearless writing masterclass that I'll be doing online. But I do it everywhere, every chance I get, I like to teach. If people want to learn about you, buy your books, et cetera, they should go. It's just melissastutter.com. Is that your website? That's it. Yeah. And if they want, like, if they say, this woman is so interesting, I want her to come teach at my writer's conference. Can, is that, do you, do you like to do that sort of thing? Yeah. I love to do that. Absolutely. Right, yes. yes People, you would be, you'd be, you'd be well served to have Melissa. Actually, you know what? Someone tweeted they had my book at a, some big writer's conference, I think in Houston, as a matter of fact. And they were, and I said, I'm going to go there next year. So I might be in Texas teaching there. Hopefully I remember to pitch something to them. So I'm going to try and teach there. Well, myself. that is fantastic news. I can't wait to see you. There is a good conference there in Houston, isn't there? There, there are quite a few, actually. Houston's is yeah. a big writing city. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's got a, a large, uh, very active writing community. 
Excellent. Well, hopefully I, I'm there. Okay, but enough about me. I got one more question for you, Melissa. Uh, sure. Finish this sentence. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Delight. <laughs> delight. Delight. When, and, and do when you write, is the goal to delight yourself? Is that how you know you've got it? <laughs> um, pretty much, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's a pretty good destination, Thank you. I would say. Thank you. All right, Melissa, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on to the show. I always love talking to you. Uh, I love talking to you, too, and have a, a wonderful uh, evening. Thanks. You, too, Melissa. Take it easy. Okay. Okay, you, too. Bye-bye. Bye. As I said, I'll be back next week. Thanks to my producer, RJ Jeffries. You're awesome, as always. Until next Tuesday, same bat time, same bat channel. Go do something you love.